Modern Esther podcast is designed for Christian women who God has called to a career. Our goal is to identify the modern Esther in all women and to leave you feeling empowered with the mission to glorify God in your vocation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Modern Esther podcast. Um, I apologize that this is taking me till Tuesday to post. Um, It has been an interesting couple of days. This is actually my third time recording this podcast because um, for some reason there was something wrong with the sound in the first one and then the second one uh, just didn't record. So that was was fun. So either this is going to be really good and it's going to affect a lot of people or God is telling me don't don't post this one. But I really do think that this is going to be a great episode. Um, if you're just now joining us, please go back and listen to the first episode of this series on Miriam. We were so blessed to hear about the story of the midwives and it was women that I had never looked at before, but really rang true to have a principle that you are never um, too small if it's a role in the plan of God. And and Miriam, you kind of start to see a little bit of how God formed her plan as an unsuspecting child, um, or excuse me, formed his plan in her as an unsuspecting child. And so we're going to pick up in Exodus um, 2. But before we do that, I wanted to just briefly talk about some things that we are going to learn about Miriam as we go on in the next couple of episodes. We're going to learn that she is a prophet. We're going to see her be a leader of the women at the time of the exile out of Egypt. And we will learn here that she was Moses' older sister, as well as the sister of Aaron, who is also older than Moses. So Moses is the baby of the three of them. And so in Exodus 2, we're going to see her as a young child. So here it starts in Exodus 2, verse 1. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put among and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. So her, his sister, which would be Miriam, stood at a distance to see what would happen to the baby. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds, sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister, his sister meaning Miriam, asked Pharaoh's daughter, Well, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother, which would be her mother. Pharaoh's daughter daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him back to Pharaoh's daughter and became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. So um, when we first see Miriam, we see her as a child. Um, Many believe that she was about 10 years old at this time. Um, We see that uh, Moses and Miriam's parents are 
from the house of Levi. So they were Levites and their names are thought to be Amram and Jacobiah. We see that they did not right away um, give up the baby, which is obviously a maternal instinct, but it was also noted that they did this out of faith in God. So they knew that it wasn't the time yet and that God had a plan. And boy, did he, because if um, Miriam's mom did not make that basket and put Moses in the river at exact time that Pharaoh's daughter just wanted to bathe, then Moses would have been lost forever. And so how faithful and patient and obedient were they in knowing that I'm going to put my baby in a river, but God is going to discover him in a big way. I also love the other side of this when we talk about Pharaoh's daughter. I love this because it seems that this would have probably have been the only way that Moses would have lived. For Moses's mom, to finally put the baby in the Nile as all of them were commanding, then like uh, that the Egyptians um, and Pharaoh's army was commanding to, you know, kill the babies and drown them. Uh, It seemed that Pharaoh's daughter was kind of his heart. And I, I shouldn't say kind of his heart. It was his heart. He had a soft spot for her because when she approached him to say, I want to keep this baby, she was obviously allowed to keep the baby knowing that it was a Hebrew baby. Now, whether or not she told that to her dad, we're not sure, or whether or not her dad knew that it was a Hebrew baby and was like, it's okay because you're my daughter. We're not sure, but it seems that the only way that Moses would have survived this is through Pharaoh's daughter. And so she's a very important role. She's very compassionate. She's very tender and empathetic to the needs of the Hebrew people, which is the exact person that you would want raising a child if it wasn't by his own mom. And I know that that must have been so hard for Miriam and Moses' mom to have to give your child up. Um, very similar to Samuel, like Samuel's mom had to give her up and she might be one of the ladies that we'll talk about in the future. But, um, knowing that her faith was so great in God, that this was the way that, um, her son could survive. She was going to do that. We see that this faith that Moses's mom had also played very strongly into Miriam. We see her being a very faithful woman throughout her life. But we see it start at a young age. And I believe that um, any any child who has faith at such a young age had to see it um, from their parents. I know a, a lot of different couples that have all kinds of kids. And I remember one of my friends sending me a video of her little girl singing Break Every Chain in the middle of Walmart. And it's absolutely adorable to see a kid do that. But knowing that they're growing up in a home that loves Jesus and that they're going to just have an amazing amount of faith already. Um, It kind of makes you think, well, how much more faith are they going to have when they get older if it already gets to grow at, you know, three years old? Um, I think that maybe Miriam fell into that. She was blessed with a very strong and faithful mother, and that was able to give her faith. We also see her being extremely protective. Um, I have a sister and, oh man, she is very protective of me. I also have a nephew who's just a little bit younger than me and he is very much like a brother figure 
And if anything or anybody were to hurt me, I think both of them would, um, I, I think both of them would severely hurt the other person. They are just there. Um, and siblings are like that. If you, if you have them and if you know them to be very protective of that, it's, um, it's wonderful, you know, um, so we see Miriam do the same thing. She's very protective of her brother. She's watching over him. She's hiding. And we don't necessarily know that if this is out of obedience to her mom or if she just did this out of sisterly compassion. We also seeing her be extremely brave in this um, chapter. We see her not afraid to speak to a princess, which was Pharaoh's daughter, but we also see her give advice to this princess. This was obviously not the time where they were able to have... Um, formula and go go to the you know Kmart or well I guess Kmart doesn't exist anymore but uh, Walmart or Meyer and go get your formula right they you know they had to breastfeed and um, and so if they didn't already have have given birth to a baby then they needed a wet nurse. Um, to feed the baby. And so she was wise in knowing that. She was wise in providing a solution to Pharaoh's daughter. And she was very wise in suggesting her mother, obviously, so they could keep the baby for a little while longer. And she was very faithful in following through with the plan. She didn't get nervous running back to see her mom. Um, that's the innocence of a child. Um, but she was faithful in convincing her mom to come to um, Pharaoh's daughter and have a conversation with her about this. And God was um, faithful through her faithful actions in God. Um, so we see faith already being rewarded immediately. We see Miriam's mom have a lot of faith to just say, God, you're going to protect the baby. Miriam have a lot of faith um, and Pharaoh's daughter to not hurt um, her mom you know, and bringing her back. And you know, Miriam was very clever in not telling, oh, this is the mom. You know, so we see God be extremely faithful by them following in acts of obedience and faith to him by a reward of Moses, not only being saved, but the family being able to have Moses for a little bit longer. Um, this made me think about other people in the Bible that were young. I first immediately thought of David. He was in his teenage years when he faced Goliath. He was a shepherd most of his life. And so he was extremely brave and in, in facing lions and and bears to fight them off from the sheep, but he used um, the same bravery and when facing Goliath and was protective like Miriam in protecting God's name and God's army, as well as he was extremely wise and not using armor. He knew that he could defeat Goliath because he had defeated all these beasts before, and he did it in a cleverly way that was what he was used to. And the amount of faith that it took to do it that way instead of back down and conform to what the world thought was protective. He just was faithful in knowing God is not going to let me die and I am going to defeat you, Goliath. And he did that. And we see him at a young age doing that. So all of the things that Mary, that we saw in Miriam, protective, brave, wise, faithful, and young, we see in David at this time point. We also see a little maid, um, she was a slave actually, help her master um, to be cured of leprosy by pointing him to a prophet, a prophet of God. And we see this in 2 Kings 5. Um we see that the Israelites have been conquered um, in some 
land. And so she has, this slave girl has been taken as part of um, bounty. So starting in 2 Kings 5, it's the king of Aram who had conquered. And and he had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But Naaman at this time, although he was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. So the young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid told her mistress, Master could go to the prophet in Samaria and he would heal him. So Naaman took that to King Aram. Aram writes a note, a letter of introduction to the king of Israel, and he was able to see the prophet. Um, I think that was extremely brave of her to talk about her faith, to talk about God, to talk about the prophet and saying, I know a way you can be healed, Um, and extremely faithful to God knowing that he would do that. Um, another person that I think that you guys would know was the boy with the fish. We see this in John 6, when Jesus is trying to feed 5,000. What I love about this passage um, that maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't know, is it's 5,000 men, so women and children are not included. So the number is exponentially more than needed to be fed. And we see that Andrew... Um, who is Peter's brother in verse eight says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? And Jesus said, tell everyone to sit down. And God was able to, Jesus was able to take the loaves, give thanks to God and distribute them to all the people. And there was enough for leftovers. And again, Jesus would have found another way to um, have fed the 5,000. There there would have been another basket of barley and, and fish. Um, there could have been another person to suggest to go see a prophet, and there could have been another deliverer to fight Goliath. But God chose kids. God chose children. And it says in verse Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. It says in Matthew 19, 14, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So we see this all throughout the New Testament, but as pointed out, even examples in the Old Testament of God honoring children and pointing out that that, that not just their innocence and their trusting and their compassion, but their faith. Their faith was something that stood out to Jesus. Um, it says in 1 John 3, 1, see what great love the Father has that he has lavished, lavished on all his children, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And this verse just points a clear picture of what maybe you already know and we all need to be reminded of, is that we have not stopped being children of God even when we have grown up. I think sometimes that God uses children for all of those reasons that I listed before, but also to remind us that we are still his children. We are still valued and we are still loved and he is still our father and our protector. And we are a part of his inheritance that we get to share in the kingdom of heaven. Um, it's Sometimes we think that we need to be the leader or 
maybe we don't. Maybe sometimes we think we need to do more to serve or we need to be more. Or for those of you who have got older, sometimes it's all of the things or the risk that you didn't take that you regret taking. But I don't think it's about that. And I don't have all the answers, but just going off of this and the slave girl in Second Kings, it's just your willingness to be used. It's not your age or the station you hold in life, but it's your effort that you put in when you are called. It's the amount of faith that, that you have in God that He will actually come through. And it's the fact knowing that God will not only give you enough courage when you actually go through with it, when you actually approach the princess like Miriam or the giant like David or the slave's girl master or even a savior, but he will protect you the rest of your life. For he might be preparing you for something far greater in your future that you could have never suspected and he is using you now to show you that there is this comedian his name is michael jr he is a godly comedian and he goes to a bunch of these churches and if you if you don't know him i would encourage you guys to just youtube him he is funny but he had a reading um problem when he was younger and he said that it would cause him to cheat kind of uh he would read Uh, certain sentences and he was able to figure out what the words that he couldn't read were based on the context, you know, of the paragraph of the story. And he said, what's super funny is that God was using all of that when he was younger for word plays as a comedian when he is older. Is there something that God has used in your life as a child that prepared you for something when you're older. Ecclesiastes 12 says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. I always believe that God, just like it says in Luke 16, 10, that if you are faithful in little, you will be faithful in large. I totally believe that God does that. I think he gives you a little bit when you're young or maybe a lot for some people and then sees how you handle it because he wants to see how much your faith can grow when you're older. And if you are older and maybe you don't know of of what you had when you, or what signs you know that God was putting in your life when you were young or ways that he was preparing you for problems and situations or blessings now, that's okay. We're still all of his children, and we still have a new day to go tomorrow. C.S. Lewis could not say it better when he says, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new one. So let's dream a new goal in Christ Jesus. Let's set the bar high, and let's always remember that God is faithful to those who are faithful to him. God, thank you so much for the story. Thank you for... um, deleting the last two episodes so this one could be actually more of what you needed it to be. Thank you for showing me um, patience. Thank you for showing me uh, the faith of these kids that I need to do. I need to be reminded of. I need to love you like a child. But I also need to remember that I am your child. 
So God, when hard times come or when stress just is swarming and you're in the midst of a storm and you feel like drowning, that we just keep swimming a little bit longer because you've got our backs and you are preparing us for something far greater than we could ever know. And you will get all the glory for it. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope that um, you guys are blessed and have a great week. Uh, email at the Modern Esther Podcast at gmail.com. Check out our websites for new blogs every other week. Um, and as always, um, just be blessed. <laughs>